Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Laurie Pinkowski. Laurie is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are those markets doing? Oh, markets are actually the red this morning. Investors are really trying to digest uh, the real estate data that, you know, really continues to put pressure um, on already high mortgage prices or high mortgage rates, I should say. Um, last week, mortgage rates in the U.S., for example, rose for the sixth straight week. The average interest rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage uh, increased to 7.7%, and that's the highest rate since November 2000. And so despite these higher mortgage rates, we're still seeing strength in the real estate markets on both sides of the border. Uh, in the U.S., building permits came in hotter than expected, uh, as well as in Canada um, with house, housing starts as well. So so the, the issue that we're seeing is, is that um, when you have the real estate market still as strong as it is, uh, really the central banks want it to weaken, right, in order to get inflation under control. Um, and we did see Canada's inflation rate um, slow in September to 3.8%, and this was down from 4%. So again, that kind of deceleration may provide a reason for the Bank of Canada to pause on rates. Again, the question still is in the U.S. with some of the stronger data, including retail sales we had, um, you know, would they actually increase in their November meeting? Um, The idea is still, the answer is no, that they're going to still pause. Uh, But again, we'll have to wait until that meeting until we uh, see, see what the results are, Simi. Okay, but the retail sales in the U.S., that they were better than people thought it were going to be, right? Exactly. So again, this is kind of that, you know, good news equals bad news that we were talking about yesterday that can be a, a little confusing, right? So, I mean, it still shows that consumers are, are strong, um, but the, again, that can put inflationary pressures out there. So, I mean, we talked about the labor market in the U.S. also remains strong, um, and so it means they're spending, and even though uh, we Wages may not be increasing as they once were. Again, a lot of this, uh, the news that we're getting over the past week is still somewhat inflationary. Uh, again, good news in Canada, we saw the inflation number come down. But again, we need to see that in the U.S. In order for the markets to really continue onwards and upwards, uh, we need rates to stop increasing. And so, again, we want to see economic data that's actually slowing uh, to a certain extent, but not slowing too much to me. We don't want to see recessionary type data, which, again, we're very far away from that at this point. Uh, we want to see slowing economic data so they can pause on rates. And then there is still talk about mid-next year reducing interest rates on both sides of the border. Okay. Uh, let's talk about earnings then. So how how's the season going for that? Yeah, I mean, it's still very early in earnings. Just over 10% of companies have reported on the S&P 500, but about close to 80% have surpassed analyst expectations. And again, this is a little bit of the bar set kind of low. So uh, we're seeing a lot of beats, uh, but that can be good for uh, for certain companies that are beating. So Procter & Gamble uh, reported sales and profits this morning, surpassed analyst expectations. Um, Bank, of Amer- Bank of America uh, had profits rising uh, 
uh, by up to 10% thanks to higher interest rate income. Uh, Goldman Sachs also beat on both top and bottom line estimates and Johnson Johnson uh, as well as sales top estimates. So, so I mean, there's a lot of good news. Um, United Airlines came out this morning or yesterday, I should say, and uh, the stock dropped um, again. So we're seeing, you know, different sectors reacting differently um, in terms of earnings. So again, it's, it's what um, stocks you have in your portfolio at this point. And again, we just are coming off a September correction. And, you know, our thoughts are, you know, in my opinion, that we're going to see a fourth quarter rally. So again, we have to get through this earnings uh, season. And again, you want to be those companies that are posting positive results and positive guidance also semi is really important uh, going forward uh, into next year. And so that's what you're looking for. And if you have a company that's, you know, didn't report well, there's no harm in selling it. You know, it's, it's okay to get on a stronger horse if needed. So that's again, what we do each and every day when we're actively managing the portfolios. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the real estate situation uh, because we had news, of course, from the provincial government on that this week. Uh, Was that, you know, was that the financial markets thinking that's going to change things here in B.C.? Yeah, you know, with this whole situation with um, the crackdown on short-term rentals um, in terms of BC and affordability, uh, I'm sure that uh, you were reporting on this too. I mean, uh, there's currently 28,000 short-term rental listings across BC, and that's up 20% from from last year. So, I mean, that's a that's a huge increase, and we have a big problem with not having enough rentals for people who need them. So, so that they're cracking down doesn't surprise us. Um, again, we've seen this. Uh, take place in other cities around the world. Uh, Rome, Venice, Milan, uh, New York is also a recent city to try to curb uh, Airbnb or short-term rentals. And Airbnb, of course, came out and criticized uh, BC. And and this is actually a stock that we own. Just as, you know, people are still traveling and and travel continues to do well. Um, But again, when we're seeing this in more and more cities around the world kind of taking part, although it is hard to enforce, I guess, when looking at some of these other cities that have tried to do this, um, that's been hard to implement as uh, as strict as they're coming out and saying it is. But again, it affects a lot of people who have rentals and it affects a lot of people who who need rentals. So again, uh, you know, we're not uh, picking sides on this, but we do own the stock. And again, looking at, you know, whether contemplating whether we actually should be selling it just because of what's going on. And, you know, Vancouver is not going to be the last city to announce something well, like this. That's exactly what I was thinking, right? Like BC isn't the first and we're not like well, New York City did. And that's a far bigger market. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, so you know, how they're going to be able to implement and, you know, how strict it does become, uh, you know, it's something to see in our city. And and it does affect tourism to a certain degree. I mean, a lot of people can't come here and afford the price of the hotels in, in Vancouver. So, you know, I, there's pros and cons to, to this news, I feel. Um, and uh, And we'll have to see how it plays out over coming months. All right. So there's more to come on that. Uh, Let's talk about selling your business too, because I know if you own a business and you're thinking about retiring, this can be very tricky, can't it? Yeah, you know, we have a lot of people that have come to us um, when selling their business and we've got a lot of current clients that have sold their businesses. So this is a huge life changing event. And what I've realized with a lot of business owners, um, many of them have kind of 
smaller portfolios because they put invested so much money into their business. But then when they sell their business, all of a sudden they could have millions of dollars. Um, and they've never really had a proper financial plan. Uh, they may not have a good team around them to help them facilitate a sale like as big as that. And, and that could affect their retirement. So again, uh, business owners that are looking to sell in, you know, one, two, three, five years should be already working with the team that's going to take them through that transition because it's, you know, so important. And so, you know, I mean, business owners have, you know, basically created their baby from the ground up, right? And so there can be a lot of attachment, of course, to selling your business. And so that's, again, you know, the conversations you need to have and you have to have professionals around you, good accountants, good lawyers, uh, good portfolio management team so that when the funds do arrive, you know what what's happening with them. How are you going to get that income that you were used to receiving when you owned your business as well, right? So those are all questions and conversations that we have with clients who are selling their business. I would imagine the tricky part of that is getting the right evaluation done for your business. It's true. I mean, uh, you know, some some people say just put up a for sale sign and put a number on it <laughs> um, and look at competitors. Others, you know, want to get properly valued, of course, depending on the size of the business. And, you know, that could be uh, through an accountant, especially if you're selling to, say, a family member, you know, or have a smaller business. Uh, but then, of course, there's companies that can um, value your business as well. And that would be for larger companies, 5, 10, 50 million plus, um, you know, and even for us, where you know we've seen all types of businesses sold, um, you know, from farms to franchisees, people who own you know Tim Hortons or McDonald's or uh, Burger King or whatever it may be, and so you know, and, and professionals, uh, you know, if you're doctor, lawyer, that sort of thing, um, you know, if you're selling a business, and so so I think it's important that to realize that every business is different. Uh, however, what's again really important is that you have that proper team of professionals around you. Um, you are planning ahead of time is really important. You don't want to, you know, decide tomorrow you're going to sell your business. You've had enough. Uh, and then also, what are you going to fill your time with in retirement? I find for business owners, the transition into retirement uh, can be much more difficult than those that were not business owners because they were so used to working, say, so many hours and they have a passion for their business. You know, they're proud of their business. And then uh, all of a sudden they're selling it off. But what I will say is many of them stay on for a year or two, it's not like they just sell it and they walk up the door that day. Um, a lot of the buyers of those businesses want um, that sellers. expertise, right? Yeah, exactly. They want them to stay on. They're irreplaceable. Let's put it that way, right? Um, the founders of the business. And so so often they're staying on. Um, but again, you know, our job is to always manage that money properly, right. uh, make sure they have income and all, all sorts of things. All right. Well, Lori, thank you so much for the advice. Thank you so much, Simi, and have a great week. Stay you dry. Too. Yeah, you too. Stay dry. That's Lori Pinkowski, a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. You can contact her team directly at 604-695-LORI or visit their website at pinkowski.ca.